Hi and welcome to another episode of Crazy X Club, the podcast all about sharing stories about how we have survived and rebuilt ourselves following on from a breakup. I'm your host, it's the Crazy X. How are you guys all doing? Uh, so this is another one of my little intros because this is another um, interview episode and this one is a really special episode for me because I got to chat to my amazing um, friend Hazel who I have known this is really scary now Hazel if you're listening back to this but who I've known for about 20 years um, which is just insane Uh, but also wonderful and uh, it was great to just sort of get together let Hazel share her story um She's just been such a wonderful friend to me. She's uh, been there for every kind of um, breakup, major breakup that I've been through. She's kind of been there with me and she's been such a good listener. So it was nice to kind of return the favour and give her a space to share um, a story from, from her life. So thank you so much, Hazel. And guys, I really hope you like it. It's such it's such a nice moment. You remember how I said right from the start, I just want it to feel like friends sitting down and having a chat. Well, this is what it's like when I actually do sit down with one of my friends and have a chat. Enjoy. I'll see you the other side. Hey, crazy exes. Well, as you know, I'm doing more and more interviews. So today's interview, I'm guess what, guys? I'm excited because I always leave these with, I'm so excited, but I am because tonight, and again, it's another night one for these wonderful people that give up their evenings to come and talk to me. It's absolutely brilliant. So tonight I'm talking to counsellor, mother, and only like my best friend, Hazel. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited as well. Good, good. So I know that you will know a fair bit about the podcast because you have the unfortunate thing is that you're in my social medias and I might mention it a little bit um, that it exists. So I think you kind of sort of know the context and in the kind of there's no comfort in hugs. There's no kind of warm up to the main event. We're just going straight in there. So um, this is all about um, breakups and more about how we've overcome breakups or steps that we've taken to repair and heal because if there's anyone else out there that might be going through something that feels like it's the very worst moment I just kind of want them to hear lots and lots of stories of people going I felt like that once but look at me now so that's kind of what we're doing so with that in mind the the space is now yours Hazel what story do you want to share with us today Well, let me take you back, Emma, to um, when I first started uni, just before we met, I think, and um, I was dating a guy, let's call him Jeremy, and um, we'd been seeing each other before I came to university, and uh, so I came to this new city, and I didn't know anyone really. I didn't know the people that I was sharing the house with. I might have made different choices had I known. Um, but um, so I, I just moved into this strange place with all these people I didn't know. And um, as you know, I'm a, a, a wonderful, committed introvert. I don't socialize if I don't have to, and I don't do well at meeting new people. Um, and so actually I was really I was really alone but I had um, Jeremy and we'd been together I don't know 
six or seven months I was so into him and um he was really not that into me in retrospect um and yeah he couldn't basically he couldn't handle me being in a different place living with different people just going about my uni life and um you know going out and and just getting drunk and having fun without him I guess and so he he finished the relationship and I was absolutely just floored really really gutted um yeah and then very much alone in uh in in Derby so yeah that was oh yeah oh it was just horrible 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 feeling um when he told me and then um there was no opportunity for discussion you know, there was no opportunity for, oh, you know, can we work this out or anything like that? He'd made it his, his decision and that was it. And he just left. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, just, yeah, just really overwhelmed with loss and panic. The panic was horrible. The anxiety was horrible. Um, and I had nowhere to go with it because I didn't really know anyone. So that was that an initial first evening was probably the worst of it um oh because it's, it's just oh it's just horrible isn't it just the the sobbing and the shock and it's it's kind of like the stages of grief that you go through it's like why is this happening to me and what did I do and what could I still do and the bargaining and the denial and all the rest of it and somewhere in the back of my head, there was a voice that was saying, you know, but you'll get over this. You won't feel like this in a few weeks or months. And then there was this other voice saying, oh, God, you're going to feel terrible for weeks and months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you think so, do you think some of that came worse because that's so much more painful or harder to deal with because you're so young as well? gosh very kind of you um I was 28 at the time I still think that's I think that's baby I still think I think anything pre-30 infant (laughs) um I was it difficult more difficult because I was young um probably I in looking back I was in a good position actually because we didn't have children we had no ties um he did live in a different city um so there was no chance of bumping into him we had no memories together in Derby particularly um so I think ultimately all of those things did make it a lot easier but I think my psyche (laughs) did not make it easy at all because I couldn't accept that it was that he had finished with me um that it Mm. you know the that he'd ended the relationship and there was something about failing there There something about losing I hate to lose and something about failing like I wasn't good enough for him um and when I look back throughout our relationship I'd felt like that a lot you know that I wasn't good enough for him so it wasn't it wasn't a new feeling particularly it's just that this time it was confirmed because he basically told me he didn't he didn't say it in words to be fair but that's how I took it oh, I'm not good enough for you and that's why you're not 
not fighting for me but that's why you're just tossing me aside you know yeah but I guess like that whole idea about being in a different city and as I also lived in Darwin it's quite a small city so I could imagine yeah, that kind of like <laughs> having an ex in a place like Derby you know you would like bump into them so that must have been like quite reassuring that you know at least he's in a different place so I can just sort mm. of sort of rebuild so what mm. did that kind of because for me when my marriage ended it really just sort of pushed a button in my head was like stop sitting in the corner and mm. start just going and doing some of these things um so it's it's a different situation but did that kind of press a button for you to go do you know what I refuse I am going out and I'm going to go find life or did you kind of still sort of sitting in, in that kind of introverted space for a bit I I well um I couldn't I it, it wasn't necessarily it wasn't a conscious choice oh I'm gonna go out and embrace life it was more of a I feel like shit when I sit here so I'm gonna be somewhere else and um and again that was one of the good things about being in the first year of university and again in, in a new city um that I could I only needed one person to go out with. I would never have gone out on my own. Um, I don't think I've ever been that brave, um, but I just needed one person to go out with. And so I, I, I went out and out and out and out. Um, and I worked really hard at uni during the day because I loved what I was doing. But then in the evening, I'd grab something to eat and I would just be with someone. I couldn't, really couldn't be on my own for the first mm. few weeks. I really struggled with that because when I was on my own, sadness and grief would, would bubble up. So those uh, definitely the first two to five weeks were absolutely just putting one foot in front of the other and just getting through it. Um, and it was, it was weird how that pain hit me you know I would be walking I remember walking to university and it was a lovely sunny day and I was going somewhere that I really loved and I was excited about the work I was doing the birds were singing etc etc and everything was fine and then all of a sudden out of nowhere this wave of grief and anxiety hit me and it, it just it just came up out of nowhere and then I completely switched to, oh my God, my life is really hard. This really hurts. I don't know if I'm ever going to get through this. And it was amazing how I could go from, yeah, I'm feeling quite good to, oh my God, everything's terrible, you know? Um, and, and that's really how it was for the first few weeks was I, it was like, um, I don't know if you've ever stood on a wobble board um, where you, you know, I was just constantly trying to maintain some kind of or find some equilibrium. Um, so I knew that I needed to feel these emotions and process them. <clears throat> but at the same time, I was frightened of them and I didn't want to be overwhelmed by them, you know. Yeah. This is something I've kind of had a mini revelation about recently. So I was doing something over the past few weeks, which took up my evenings and it was something I had to do rather than I wanted to do. So I really resented it. And then going, I was like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. And then um, that thing passed and it gave me a free evening. And I found myself so full of anxiety 
because I just had free time and I was like oh god you're making yourself busy all the time because <laughs> you're avoiding this and I was like and I just was having this conversation with someone about it and I was like it's just back to therapy basically it's like why am I doing that and I guess so you and I have spoken quite a lot about how much we well obviously you're an advocate of of therapy being a counsellor but what before you're a counsellor we've often talked about the the merits of therapy and it is just that thing of I can just sit right we need to go sort that out did you have any because therapy wasn't quite as sort of widely available I would say mm. I, not that I can remember anyway in like the uni years and things like that but was that something that helped during those times or was that a bit further down the road um <clears throat> I didn't for this incident I felt like I didn't need therapy mm. because I think part of me knew that it would be contained actually and in you know we had although it it really hurt me. We had only been together a few months. It wasn't the love of my life. Um, and it's so I, I think even then I had this perspective that actually, you know, I just need to kind of scream a courage to the sticking place and keep going and, and this will be OK. Um, I think the reasons that I took it so hard, the reasons that I really struggled with it, um, to the extent that I did later I did have to explore in therapy and they weren't related to um, Jeremy particularly they were um, it was just all my pre-existing stuff and I but I think that's an important thing you know when we experience loss whether someone's died or whether someone's um, cruelly abandoned us in a city that we don't know or so anything like that it taps into our other losses so you know it's for me it's rarely just about that one person that one relationship it brings up memories of abandonment or memories of hurts from um from other times and it was that ultimately that needed processing in in therapy if that makes sense yeah completely it's it's about learning patterns and behaviors and a, and a big thing for me when I went for my last bit of therapy was what was my role in the downfall mm -hmm. of my marriage what could I do differently it doesn't matter it's not taking blame it's taking responsibility mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. the other sort of question that I ask people though so if you think about Hazel now you can go back and you can visit Hazel on that night where she thought oh this is just horrendous if you could sum up in a pithy sort of one-liner, what would you go and tell Hazel um, from back then? Oh God, what what could I tell her at the time? She was so wonderful and wise. I don't know that I've got anything. Um, I think what I would, there was nothing that I could tell her. There was no sentence of wisdom that was gonna make it okay um, or make it go away. I think what I would have done was make her a, a bucket of coffee <laughs> sit her down and let her just pour out those emotions whether it's in words or just crying I think there was a real need at the time for someone to actually just be there and not you know the the things like oh you'll get over it and 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 stuff like that or you know time's a great healer all of those things are true. And when people say things like that, I think they're coming from a good place. But actually, for me, that's not helpful because I've got to 
wade through through this river of crap to get to that place yes time is a great healer but time also takes time you yeah. know um and so i i think i just needed company in in that really sad it was just really sad i felt so sad um and i think i just needed company in that really sad place mm -hmm. yeah. can you remember a moment because i definitely have a moment in my head was like oh i am going to be okay did you have like that kind of memory like oh actually yeah it still might be a bit rough but i think i've got this yeah there were a few of them that they came in there was no sort of major epiphany for me that they, they came in in little dribs and drabs and um i think part of, a really important part for me was connecting with people it didn't have to be about heartbreak or him or you know how i was feeling but just just connecting with people just having conversations and um I don't know, even if it was just talking about what was on TV last night or where we're going to go this evening or, you know, that incidental stuff that was important. Taking taking joy in things that I was doing, um, that was really, really important, something that was just for me. Um, and. Yeah, I think just oh, really really doing nice things for myself, I'm not talking about you know, facials or any massive things like that, but making food that I really liked, um, listening to music that maybe he didn't like and I did and I sort of stopped listening to or watching programs that he didn't like that I did. And it wasn't any sort of, oh, I'm gonna get back at him by watching Hollyoaks. It was <laughs> actually, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this stuff. I can wear what I want, I can go where I want, I can talk to whoever I want, and I don't have someone questioning me, judging me, I don't have to think about that other person. That that bit was a real revelation for me when, when like, oh, I only have to worry about myself and my opinion of me. That was, yeah, that was the point, I think, where I thought, yeah, I, I, can, I can not just do this, but there's something um, there's something in it for me, you know, I, I can be better than I was. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's a huge moment that as well. Mm. And, um, a theme that's kind of come up a couple of times is, it's that being comfortable to be single. So I definitely had a fear in my twenties and probably, yeah, probably into my early thirties as well of being single being on mm. my own being that one that just looked as everybody else sort of got on with their amazing happy married lives and I always used to describe becoming a single mum being a divorcee as my nightmare I said that is my mm. idea of a nightmare because again to sort of almost yeah to sort of say what you've said failure I don't do failure and I did everything I could to sort of say no we're not giving up on this marriage because I don't fail I do not mm -hmm. fail but it's actually mm -hmm. coming out the other side everybody is just in a in a better position for it not just myself so it's it's making mm -hmm. peace with that that's a truly wonderful thing is when you find that peace and that sort of inner calm um one side note um is uh, I'm loving the fact that um, the ex has been given the name Jeremy because she used to have a guinea pig called Jeremy. So now I'm just like thinking, <laughs> oh, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure your guinea pig was not a um, was not a random abandoner. Oh, he oh he was he had his moments. 
was he? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he'd had his chance, he'd have been a player, but <laughs> I, th- I think you know what you were saying about um, you know, that um that, that fear, that fear of being alone is really, really important because um Deep down, I think if you excavate down with most people's fears and concerns and worries, the fear of being alone is really, really prevalent. I think it's it's something that is as a as a species and in our DNA, we are not meant to be alone. We're meant to live in communities. We're meant to live in groups, and we are meant to have um, a a partner. And I don't mean in a in a spiritual sense. I mean in a very sort of you know yeah. sort of evolutionary sense and so the idea of of abandonment or aloneness cuts straight to our threat system our fight or flight system that tells us that we're vulnerable if we're on our own mm. and if we then see other people in relationships it that just really highlights that and makes us feel even worse so that I, I think heartbreak, especially in this context, is a real opportunity to find courage and um, and connection with ourselves. Does that mm. does that make some sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. I think, and it's weird because you would never wish it on someone, but it can be an amazing journey of enlightenment. I think if you can resist that urge to panic. And I think it's a really natural thing to say. I never understood like the rebound thing at all until kind of last year with this thing. Of, no, I need to prove this. I I just need to prove this to myself. And then you kind of go, oh no, it's horrendous out there. <laughs> so like reel yourself back <laughs> in. Um, but yeah, well, if you could just be brave enough to sit with yourself in, in your own space and really mm. think about what do I want? And like the big one for me was what are my boundaries? Cause you used to have none. <laughs> It's just yeah. used to be like, what do you need? Yes, I'll just give me the checklist and I'll just tick it all off. And that's not the blame of the other person. Mm-hmm. That there's that's what I mean about this. You have to take responsibility. So it's yeah. So if you can go through mm-hmm. that, I think it's really rewarding. And I'm becoming one of those. I think I'm worse now. I'm a reformed smoker, but now I'm like a reformed <laughs> person that's come out of relationship and just go on about. But it's amazing. Come come join me, people. <laughs> um, I think that 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 thing about panic, though. I just I just want to um, mm-hmm. respond to that and reflect on that, if that's okay, because there's something panicking is a such a natural and to a degree healthy response it feels horrible no one i don't think anyone likes the feeling of of panicking um but actually if if at least part of you can allow yourself to go through that experience and just hold your own hand for for want of a better term and and say to yourself you know actually this panic is okay this panic is just a messenger is just telling you that um, something's happening that you don't like, you know, and it will pass. You just need to breathe through it, keep moving forward. So there's, yeah, we can't we can't push panic aside because it just pushes back harder. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you have to you have to move through it, ideally with some with some compassion and understanding. And I think that's something that it's important to be around other people because they soothe if the right people soothe that panic you know it doesn't make it go away but it lets you know that actually you're not alone and there is life after this person mm-hmm. 
you know it's not about there's plenty more fish in the sea or whatever but it, it's more about there are are there is life aside from this relationship yeah yeah completely and I'm trying to be really careful about only sort of bringing stories which is about people uh, sort of going we split up and then I met my husband and it's like because that (laughs) has happened for everybody that's been on but it's really important to go but that's not everybody's story and that's okay Mm. if that's not your story and one of the things I've been Mm. concentrating on lately is fairy tale endings and Mm. our focus on what a fairy tale ending is but actually maybe we just make our fairy tale ending whatever that is so something else something else for the little gray matter um has there any more on the on the story of jeremy that you would like to chat through only only to mention that briefly right i was doing (laughs) thanks for this jeremy i was doing really well um just sort of coming out the other the other side of that that fog of um contradictory emotions and and the panic and the anxiety and the the rebuilding and the moving on and I remember I was on the bus going to um, coming back from Alton Towers with some friends oh my god I made friends (laughs) um and I got just this random text from him out of nowhere just asking how I am asking if I'd moved on and um basically telling me he'd missed me oh Jesus Christ I just hit the bottom I could yeah I got bruises from hitting the deck so hard I I just plummeted and I felt like I was back at square one then like the the stitches had been ripped open um and it it really hit me hard but I was surprised that I, I bounced back a lot quicker actually um and then I got angry. Then I got really angry with him because I felt like he was mm. messing with me. And I know he wasn't. He was, you know, he was hurt. He was in his own place, whatever. Um, but once I, when I found the anger of it, that was really helpful. And I, I don't mean the vengeful, oh, I hope you die eaten by cats or something. It was more of a, actually, why am I letting you affect me this way who are you to hurt me like this um and I I guess I was just ready to move on I was ready to be out of that sad hurt place and um anger it can be a real double-edged sword It, it can be it can be really quite dangerous and it can be really quite destructive but at the same time it's a really powerful energy that I, I think you can you can really use to to fuel getting over someone. Mm. Rage, yeah, rage rooms. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine no, that's not. I'm not sanctioning that. Crazy exes listening. Sorry, sorry. Um, brilliant. So the other thing I kind of ask of my guests on the podcast is I've got this uplifting. You've got this playlist mm-hmm. and I know I've kind of put you on the spot a little bit by trying to get you to think of something but what song would you kind of choose to sort of go onto that list and it's that bit of either something in the lyrics really spoke to you or it's just one of those songs where like it is impossible to be in a bad mood when I hear this or this was the moment I knew it was going to be right when I heard this song any of those well I'm not sure if the song that I've got 
ticks any of those boxes but I'm just going to forge on ahead anyway and I won't <laughs> if you if you evict it from the playlist um but it's uh you ought to know by Alanis Morissette which ah. you know a bit of a bit of a um an anthem for many angry and hurt ladies <clears throat> and all gentlemen and I, I I think the reason I choose that is not you know th there wasn't any cheating as far as I know with Jeremy but there's something in that song for me this guy has moved on and um she has all of this impotent rage and anger and hurt and the that song is just a real expression of that of that frustration and there's the, I like that the energy of it that just being able to express that you hurt me and I'm so angry about it and I think again it comes back to there's there's healing in in all of the emotions that we experience through loss and hurt um, whether that's you know sadness grief or anger and there's laughter there as well sometimes mm. you know when you reconnect with your friends or find new experiences and what have you so for for me that song kind of just embodies that really angry um drive to yeah to to be heard and feel better can you can you do the fast bit do you know i can't do it, it <laughs> yes i can but i'm not going to do it here I don't. I don't think anyone is ready to hear me do that. I oh, will do a little. We'll after this. We'll do a little practice, and we'll do a little outtake or something. <laughs> but yeah. So now I can imagine. Just imagine it comes on a lot on my Spotify sort of random playlist there, and for the life of me, I cannot get that bit right. But it's a great. You've got to be committed to it. You got. <laughs> That's where I, that's where I fall down. <laughs> so, uh, right. So coming towards the end, but the last bit is probably like one of the nicest bits because this is where I get to learn a bit more about you and anything that you kind of want to share is going on in your world in terms of projects, work. What do you want to share? Oh, um, gosh, I'm so good at sharing my upset and trauma. Um, I'm not really good at <laughs> <laughs> sharing the positive stuff um so yeah at the moment I haven't got any particular projects on the go but I am um really really busy in my private practice which in for me is a good thing but it's always with a little bit of sadness because that means that people are struggling if they're coming to me but then we do wonderful work together so it's it's really great so that's um my uh, counseling business which is um, New Leaf Derby not the nail and beauty place <laughs> not new leaf nail and beauty i um i'll do someone's nails i'll have a go at a facial but i really can't guarantee um that there won't be injuries <laughs> but you can have a, they'll, they'll have a lovely chat while, while you're yeah doing absolutely it. i can definitely talk to them about how they feel um about the terrible things that i've done to their nails so <laughs> you know <laughs> you get a holistic service yeah. and why have i got this questionnaire to fill out i just want to manage it <laughs> <laughs> um, it must just be like some of the most rewarding where i get that it it must i mean it must be so difficult and it, i mean i can't imagine being skilled enough to sort of do that but it must feel really rewarding when you genuinely can see somebody go through such a positive path 
as a result of your work yeah it's it is it is fantastically rewarding and um it's a real i'm gonna i'm gonna sound um i'm not even sure how i'm gonna sound i don't know so i'm just gonna say it's a real honor actually and a massive privilege to just be with someone at the darkest time in their life or when we are you know when they're experiencing the darkest moments and then and they do all the work to be fair you know it's it's much harder work for them than it is for me but to be on their journey with them and just witness them growing and coming back to themselves and accepting themselves and developing this wonderful compassionate relationship with themselves to the point where they where they just then go on they don't need me anymore you know the whole goal of of therapy for me is to get that person to the place where they don't want to come to therapy anymore Mm -hmm. or they don't need to come to therapy anymore and it's yeah it's wonderful when they graduate when they move on I'm really sad to see them go but it's yeah it's a wonderful feeling I really love my work you like Mary Poppins because that's kind of what she does (laughs) she stays (laughs) but when I sing I run the risk of re-traumatizing them so I don't (laughs) I don't do anything like that sadly (laughs) (laughs) sorry my simplistic head just bring it back to Disney because that's kind of that that's my level is yeah. <laughs> well Mary Poppins was a wonderful role model so you know I'll, I'll take that I'm okay with that <laughs> anything Julie Andrews um, well that's brilliant anything else um in your space any that you'd like to share any kind of causes that you support or anything like that I think at, at, at the moment um I'm really I'm really involved in um, compassion work, okay? And there's, um, it's not my organization at all, but there's a website called um, the Compassionate Mind Foundation, which for anyone who's, anyone who's struggling or what is, you know, feeling low, feeling alone, or wants to develop a more compassionate approach to themselves, um, they can go on this website and there's, there's talks, there's meditations, there's resources. Um, and I feel really, um, really passionate and committed to, to the idea of just responding compassionately to other people. And, and that's not about being nice and kind. It's compassion in the sense of um, courage and wisdom so the wisdom to recognize suffering <clears throat> in ourselves or others and the and the courage to to take action and alleviate that mm-hmm. you know so it's not a, oh let's just be nice to each other it's um it's about changing our intention how we respond to um how we respond to ourselves and other people and those changes are hard you know it's, it's a, a lot of what i do in counseling is um, helping people to develop um, a compassionate voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that, love that. We'll put all of that um, and also details of both your um, your business, and we'll put the nail we'll put the nail place in as well. 
this is there's a lot of um there's an intake of people <laughs> um, we don't know where they've come from and we'll just keep it as our little secret but um hazel if there's if there's nothing else to share all i have left to do is just give you the most massive thank you i just love people coming in and just sort of taking the time to share these stories um and i now formally welcome you in to my crazy x club oh thank you thank you it's such a um i really loved it and it's such a joy to uh, get to talk actually because <laughs> listening um so yeah no i've loved it thank you very much thank you so much we'll speak soon i'm sure will do welcome back guys how's that i just adored that it's so lovely to sort of just sit down and just have one of my closest friends that i've got who knows more about me than near enough anybody uh, it was so nice to sort of share this project with her uh, and she's so, so supportive you know straight away when i kind of said i'm going in an interview space she's oh i'll come and talk on I've, I've got some stories that i can share so it was so lovely so thank you again so much um to me pal hazel for coming in and chatting um links and detail to hazel's counseling practice are available in the episode notes so do have a look through those um, i'm also going to start trying to share out even if it's a link um when i sort of say a new episode's gone live gonna start promoting the the spotify playlist because it's growing into something really lovely i use it for so many different things i use it to get ready i use it when i go for a run and um, there's some really good song choices going in so i'm really grateful to people for actually choosing some really good stuff i've learned some some new songs and a couple that i was already aware of so the spotify playlist gonna start sending that out because we've all got this you've got this crazy exes and then this wouldn't be an episode if i didn't mention i'm on the social medias guys so you can go to facebook you can search for crazy x club podcast there's a public page that's where i put the episode details and it's all information about the podcast itself there's a private facebook group so if you're going through stuff that you don't want to discuss in a public forum come into our private facebook group um, there's lots of posts um, in there i did used to do a, an episode kind of thread um, for some of the early stuff because that was when it was in a coaching space it would help you kind of share ways that you've done some of the things that i sort of suggested or ways you've adapted on the things that I've done. So we've got that in there as well. It's all amazing um, and really friendly people in there. So we'd love to see your face in there as well. And yes, I am still sort of chipping away with TikTok. So finally I'm there, the crazy ex. Um, it's a bit random really. Sometimes I send out really nice kind of um advice pieces, sort of, you know, that one minute advice thing. Sometimes I mime to songs you know and sometimes i just post really random things but that's kind of tiktok in it so come and find me there it's a, it's a bit more random than here um lots more exciting stuff coming for this season guys but thanks for staying with me thanks for continuing to listen and i'll speak to you really soon thanks bye bye